Ready? Yep. Welcome to Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Nicola Skino. And we popped on today to give you a very special edition of Spark, the raw and unedited version. And it's a little bit sad, a little bit bittersweet why we're here today, but I have decided to close the doors of my yoga sport brick and mortar yoga studio that has been around for 16 years. And I had to make the decision because of the COVID-19 crisis. And it's just felt very challenging and lonely. And I felt like I wanted to leave the party just explaining a little bit and sharing with you all about the journey because, you know, it's, it's, this is such an isolating time for all of us. So I thought this might be a fun way for us to connect. Yes. And it's going to be super fun to kind of pull the curtains back and like see the real nitty gritty, all the juicy fun, you know, all the background stuff that the people on the front don't get to see. And so this is going to be like a deep dive into Angela and yoga sports. So I'm really excited. Yeah. So if you are, if you've been a member of our yoga sport community at any point along the way, I think you'll really enjoy this. Those of you that are Spark listeners um, will probably just enjoy it because you know us. And for those of you that are new to the online community or online teacher training, um, we welcome you. And this is not really an ending. It's a new beginning. And I'm excited about that. And I think that the yoga sport community is so strong. I really do think it's going to be living on in just a different way. So I'm really pumped and, and sad too. So we're going to be real honest and raw here. We're not even sending this to our editor because we want to get this out ASAP. And sadly, today, as I was preparing the announcement to everyone, I got three emails from local studios that are permanently shuttering their doors. So this is just part of what's happening right now. And it's just the reality and it's okay. It's good to process. Exactly. All right, let's do it. All right. So first I want to know how did it all begin? Like what was the initial idea? Everything take us all the way back. Okay. So this was 2000. Well, I was probably concepting it in 2003, but 2004 is when I opened. So I had been in corporate world for a very short time. I think it was like two years. I was in advertising and marketing and I loved, love, love, love that work. But I ended up in Dallas for a boy and um, always, <laughs> always for a boy. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And funny enough, I'm like really good friends with his wife now, but, um, <laughs> So when I'm trying to think back to then, it, it really does actually feel like somebody else's life Like when I started it because it's been 16 years. But I, I loved the work I was doing. I was teaching fitness on the side and started teaching yoga as well. And I wasn't happy in my Dallas advertising job. It was like the job I thought was like the coolest. It was for a small advertising agency. A lot of the the things we did were really cool, like the account work and all that. But the attitude was very uppity. And it was very image driven. And I mean, I just did not fit in at all. And I noticed that when I went to go teach classes, whether it was step or spin or yoga, I just loved helping people and I loved connecting. So I got laid off from that job and, you know, the universe was like, mm, not your thing. Mm -hmm. We lost our restaurant account that I was hired for. And so I was on my own for a while. So I became a personal trainer. And for a year and a half, I just drove around Dallas. I taught at eight different places and, um, was a personal trainer at two. And I didn't love personal training. I thought I was gonna, but I was, I'm a group person. I love teaching groups. So 
Um, but I was broke. It was a really, really hard gig. You know, you can't really pay your bills at $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for, for a class, right. Which really takes you like two to three hours of your day. And you're driving all over the place. Oh, oh girl. It was bonkers. I lived out of my car. And so, <laughs> um, but I missed the business world, you know, like I missed using my brain in that way. So I just thought, I don't even know, like looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? You know, I was 25. I was fearless. Like, let's just open a business then, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, my vision was to create a safe, happy place for people where they could connect. And I never like I, I was newer to Dallas and I did not connect with the city. I just, and it was probably because I was in such a different world at first and I just really had trouble finding my, my people. So I was like, I'm going to create a place where everyone feels welcome. And it was very cool because the other day when I told someone who's been at the studio for a really long time, excuse me, the first thing he said was you created a space where literally everyone felt safe and happy and like they were successful. And I was like, oh, I just started crying because I was like, that was my vision. <laughs> it's totally like, and we've talked about it before on the podcast. It's like the the cheers version, but like yeah. yoga. And that's exactly 100% what the yoga sport community is. Yeah. So that was it. And so I did. And I was broke and my dad just said, you know, I will invest. And he gave me a lump of money. And I was so frugal with it. I spent like one third of it to open the space (laughs) and then used, you know, obviously used a bunch to pay myself for several years before we were profitable. But um, yeah, we built it from the ground up. I mean, we made, my mom made the curtains and the changing rooms. And I mean, like we, everything was homegrown girl. There was nothing fancy about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that though. That's so raw. I love it. Uh, so tell us like more about like just business in general. Like what's the whole behind the scenes of owning a business? Speaking to all the people who are thinking about opening businesses out there, you know, in the future, what's some tips for them? Okay. So let's see. I was thinking about this question and it's a tough one because there's so many things, but um, I, for me, and this is just personally my experience and it's probably because I'm an empath as well. You know, everyone says it's business, it's not personal. And I think for at least all the women that I have talked to that own businesses, everything feels personal, you know? And so that's something that, you know, my mom always said, and my husband always says, it's because you care so much. And I think that's the challenging part of it. When you want to go into a business where you really care about people, how do you not take it personally when they cancel their membership or, you know, they, they don't, whatever it is like, you know, so that I think is one of the things that's, that can be really challenging. Um, But on the other end of the spectrum, it's like the most rewarding thing that you'll ever do. I mean, if you are opening a business from a place of, like from your heart center, when I say that, I know it sounds so yogic, but it's like, if you have this deep, deep meaning and why behind it, and it's something that you're that passionate about, um, it, it is, you walk out of there every day and you go to sleep every night knowing that you're making a difference. And, and that feels like nothing else, you know, I never felt like that in my other jobs when I was working for someone else. Um, the boundary situation can be challenging. Okay. I've not met a business owner that does not have challenges with boundaries. And what I mean by that is like, when does it shut off? It really doesn't ever shut off. And I, I think that's an important thing to know. And I don't mean that you have to be answering emails at midnight. That's just a boundary situation, but it's always going to be on your brain and your heart. It just is because you care about it because it's, it's such, it's like an extension of you. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
And then what's interesting is when I was coming up with this list is that it can feel incredibly lonely, yet at the same time, like you have this amazing community of people. So for me, and at least in this business, and of course, every business is going to be different. All the decisions were, were of course, on me. And it's a small business, so I have a staff, but every staff member, except for maybe one, it wasn't their full-time gig. And for seven of the, the 16 years, I didn't have a full-time, I didn't have a manager. So that can feel really lonely. Um, and then, you know, just the struggles and the, the finances and all of that, like, aren't necessarily, I mean, you're not going to, like, tell your yoga, I'm not going to tell my yoga teachers, like, every time, you know, we're, in, you know, in a situation that's challenging, um, or if the plumbing breaks, or the, you know, your landlord's giving you trouble, or whatever. Um, but then at the same time, I, you know, I was able to create an amazing community of students and people around me all the time, and that just, like, fed me. So it's kind of interesting because some days I would feel lonely and I would think, how can I be lonely? And then other days I would feel like I just had this huge group of people. Mm-hmm. Truly beautiful community you've created. Um, and I'm just so honored to be a part of it. Oh, are there going to be tears? Oh. Oh my God. Um, well, and you need to tell them. So what was your role in all of this? So I started out on the energy exchange team which is like volunteering work for free yoga. And I really just wanted to be part of the more part of the community. That's how I got there, which led to teacher training, which led to becoming a manager. It was a wild, I dove all the way, (laughs) dove all the way in. Um, And I truly found my home there. And I just, and I found you and I found, honestly, I found myself, which is so interesting. Like me, I don't even know how many years ago that was now, but what year was that? 2014? No, longer. I don't know. Oh, so Luke was born in 2014. So that's when you became full-time manager. Manager. Okay. So after teacher training, that's when I really like found me, like who I was. And I'm so glad I, I stumbled upon yoga sport because it has totally changed. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've truly connected to who I am. And I feel like so many people can tell that same story, which is so neat. That's the Angela way. Aww. Um, <laughs> But she can still totally work that magic online, guys. So don't feel like it's going anywhere else because she can do it from the computer now. Um, so anyway, I was the manager for three years and I loved it. It was amazing. But I, every point that you just nailed home was I had no idea I was going to experience. But going into it, I took everything personally when someone would cancel a membership and you try really hard not to, but like I cared so much like about the people and I knew how good it was for them. And then also on the other side, I cared so much about the business and I wanted to take care of the business. So I can totally understand how it is personal. Like even when you don't, you're trying not to take it personally and it can be very lonely. I could totally see you having to make like all those decisions and just ideas by yourself. That would be so hard. (laughs) I don't know how you did it before you had a manager. I really don't know. Um, So I just, I think all entrepreneurs are special people. (laughs) They are wired very with just lots of ideas and so much integrity and so much like, I don't know, like boldness. So Cheers to all you guys. <laughs> cheers, cheers. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so let's go to what would you do differently? Ooh, this one's a good question. Um, okay, so going back to where you're like, how did you do this without a manager? I would have hired help 
a lot sooner. I went Mm -hmm. seven years not having a manager at all and just literally running the show. And, you know, I always, I operate automatically from a place of lack and it's something I've worked on my whole life where, you know, a lot of people operate from an abundance um, mindset where that's automatic for them, where things are going to work out and things are more positive. And so for me, I go, go into that space of like protection mode very quickly and, and it served me really well. I think honestly, that might be why we lasted 16 years. But at the same time, I wonder maybe we would have grown quicker had I been able to let go of some of the control and hire someone. And honestly, when I look back, the reason I didn't was because I was so afraid that if I put all this responsibility on someone and then they left, I would be screwed essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, and what I will tell every business owner is that's actually going to happen. And it happened several times to me. And it's, it's and not to me, it's just that's life, right? Like you, mm-hmm. when you have employees and you have people, things change. And so it's really a perspective shift, but you know, you, when you have people just be glad you have them for the time you have them. And when it's time for them to go, it's time for them to go. And that was a hard lesson for me to learn. It took a really, really long time, but um, you know, I had some amazing managers, you being one of them and this other Thank woman, Yes, this other woman, <laughs> Shannon, who came in and just, you know, cle- created systems and a whole like 45 page operations manual. And like she just like cleaned us up, girl. She's like, mm-hmm. let's get this shit running right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's a huge one. Um, I would, yeah, so, and also that's kind of coupled with that is creating like really specific structure and systems earlier, you know, because once we got those systems down, it was brilliant. And it was like, why did we not do this all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, That's really key for anybody who's running a business. If you, especially if you want everyone to have the same experience, like you want it to be super consistent. And the way to do that is to create really clear systems. And the earlier you can do that, the better you will appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Even now, like with my, my online business, and I've been creating my online business for gosh, since you were at the studio, we were creating um, the online business. And I'm trying to really be careful not to just be in that mode of, and I don't want to grow it to like, you know, 15 employees or anything. Although who knows? I mean, who knows? But I, you know, I still want to make sure that I'm really clear on what the systems are just to make things easier. And that's another thing is, and this is my biggest goal now in life is to create ease and simplicity. And I think with the business any business, but it's certainly a business where you have a lot of people coming out, in and out, whether it's staff or clients or all of the above, it can get complicated really quickly. And so I think if I had had a better handle on how can we keep this really simple, then, you know, that, I don't know, there just would, would have been more ease quicker. <laughs> you know? Agree. Yeah. No. And I think it's also, you're an idea person. So you have tons and tons of ideas, which is so cool, but like really honing in on those and simplifying, I think that has been like that's been the greatest gift for you to like really find that ease in running a business. And man, like when we were running it, like it just became, it was just smooth, like a process. Yeah, for sure. And I think the last thing that, I don't know how I would necessarily do this differently, but it's something that I've had to keep in check throughout the whole time um, is, is having clear boundaries with people. And that is a really, really tough space in in the yoga world and any personal business. So it can look a lot of different ways. It could be with staff. It can be with clients. I mean, there were years where, I mean, I was single and I did have a rule where I didn't date because I did date some of my students when I was working at 24 Fitness. And 
guess what happens when you break up? Ah, they, they're not your client anymore. And so um, when I opened the studio, I made a really strict rule on that, but it still was hard with friendships and with, you know, certain students expecting to go through a teacher training and automatically get a job because they're your friend or, you know, so there was, there was just a lot of other layers of things that you wouldn't necessarily think or some clients you, you become friends with, or I became friends with, or some of the staff did, and then they would see that on social media. And then when does that become a click, you know, versus a community? And so we had, we had to have a lot of those conversations. I don't mean from a negative space, but just from an inquiry space of, you know, how do we navigate this and, and stay really professional and supportive but, um, but some of my best friends came out of the studio. So, you know, so the boundary thing was, was always ebbing, flowing and changing. <laughs> yeah. I think that part's like super fluid and it just depends on the kind of work that you're doing and the people you're working with. So be very open to like what you're trying to create and then just kind of roll with it as it comes up, approach it kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's something that you want to keep an eye on and mm-hmm. because it's something that it was, I was not even in my awareness until it became a problem. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what we're talking about. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. So, okay, let's do some funny stuff. So tell me some of the funniest moments of owning a business. I can't wait for these. You know, I, it, it's funny. And just to be real honest, this has been a real rough week though, because John and I went down and tore the studio down and it, physically it was just so it was demanding more john's like i mean literally like we you know all these shelves and every every shelf every nail every every picture every everything in there it's like i have a memory and a person or people attached to it and it was just like it was it was just a lot to process and we would pull i remember and you and i organized that back when we got a hold of that back closet we were so excited we had the secret closet oh my gosh we can put stuff back here and we marked we bought all this bulk marketing stuff and here it was like six years later and I'm just like, we <laughs> overordered, girl. <laughs> recycle, we're, not, recycle. <laughs> we're not good bulk orders. We're just not. We're not the yeah. bulk people. <laughs> I will say another tip to owners, like Nicole and I would look at like the cheapest price. We're like, oh, if we ordered 2,000 DVDs, it's like $5 <laughs> each. And like eight years later, I still have boxes of DVDs and no one even uses DVDs anymore. So just know life's going to change. Don't, don't order that much. But um so what was I even saying? We were talking about funny moments. <laughs> well, this was funny to me, right? Like just yeah. like noticing our crazy habits. I also mm. have with, along with the boxes of DVDs, I also have, I think like 200 padded envelopes left because we also bulk ordered. <laughs> I don't even know. But so there were, there was a, a couple of funny, like random little things like at our 10 year birthday, Kelly Meyer, who if anybody's been to yoga sport knows Kelly Meyer, cause she's been there forever. And she teaches and Kelly is known for her glitz and her glam and she's fabulous. So we had this huge party tenure and you were EE at the time. And I was, it was great. My manager at the time, I have to, I have to give props to her. She was fabulous event planner. It was like a wedding in there. I mean, we catered it. We had um, a DJ, we had a photo booth. I mean, uh, fantastic. Um, Maybe if I get some time, I will post some of those photos on this blog post, but um, we, so Kelly was like, Hey, is it cool if I put glitter on the walkway up? Like, and we even set like the patio, we set up a patio outside. We rented tables and had mm-hmm. like high cocktail tables and stuff. So she's so from the bottom of the stairs. So there's 
we're on the second floor, right? So she, she takes glitter and she pours it all the way up. And she's like, I'm stopping right at the door. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking, right? So I was like, sure. Oh my God, girl. <laughs> You're talking like three months later, people were still tracking that glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was awesome. It was everywhere. <laughs> I know. I, and then we were like, well, I mean, it's better than tracking in dirt or it was just- oh. At least it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to this day, Kelly's like- are you still mad at me about the glitter? <laughs> I love her. Yeah. And then something that was always funny was like, what would come out of someone's yogi toes? Like yogi toes is like this fabric mat towel that you put on top of your yoga mat in hot yoga. And so, you know, it would just, stuff would just get bunched up in people's dryers and stuff. And so people would, you know, just kind of like flick their yogi toes and then inevitably something would fly out. But my favorite two things were one, like, thong underwear. That that was always funny. But two was, I kid you not, a motorcycle license plate flew what? out of the- <laughs> How? <laughs> I know. She literally, it was so funny. Her face and she was like, oh my God. I mean, I, she goes, that's where that is. Like she, she hadn't seen it in a while. Like, that's where that went. And I was like, you know, girl, I've seen a lot in my years, but I've never seen a motorcycle license plate come out of someone's yoga. That's funny. I've seen quite a few thongs. Another one that I've seen is um, when people would start. I've seen this actually at least two times when we would start class and we would like get into down dog and then someone would like reach back down by like the bend in their knee and the back of their pants and something something was got there and I saw people would whip out some thongs and I'd be like, whoa, it's that kind of party today. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh God. And there's gotta be so many more. So, but I do have, well, there was also, there's a couple other stories, but one that's just sort of like yoga sport. Like it was, it was the joke is that everyone got locked out. So the way it's kind of complicated, but the way our bathrooms were in the back and our bathrooms were shared with the people next door, even the people next door never really were there. But so basically you, you could leave the studio and go into the back hallway to the bathrooms. And if you weren't careful and the door, you, like it always happened to staff when we were either opening or closing and then they would close the door and then they would be locked out. <laughs> so we, I mean, we ended up actually putting a key in the women's bathroom because it happened so many times, but this is why this all began. Okay. This is the funniest story. I thought of this today when I was driving and I was literally laughing out loud at myself. So I'm sure the people around me thought I was crazy, but so Brandon was one of my first teachers. Um, way, I mean, this was, gosh, had to have been like 2004, 2005. Right. And he was teaching a private on a Saturday. So he was done with his private. He, he had taken his shirt off. He had no shoes on. He goes to the back hallway to go to the bathroom. And guess what? He never locked the door. So he locks himself out shirtless, shoeless. Now the good thing is that you can get out the back door, but then you're outside, right? So you get outside. So he walks around to the front of the building. At the time there was a tanning place in our building. So our building, it's funny, like there's Monarch Dental and Gloria's, and those are the only two businesses that are the same from when I opened. And he went down there, and this was 2004, 2005. This was like, you know, we didn't, it just was like a totally different situation with phones and everything. So he went down and he called, like he, he called his girlfriend. He went to the tanning place without his shirt and without his shoes and was like, hey, can I use your phone? You know? <laughs> Because, you know, at this day and age, he probably would have taken his phone with him to the, the potty because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we had smartphones back then. And so 
Anyway, I was sitting at Cosmic Cafe, this little vegetarian cafe. I kid you not. I was like, I'm going to start setting boundaries. I see his call. I'm like, no, it's a Saturday. I'm not going to answer it. (laughs) Because I was like, I didn't know how to set boundaries. So this is the time I decide to set a boundary, right? And I just like silence it and I put it in my purse. Now, I couldn't really go very long. I can't really go very long without getting back to people. So like maybe 30 minutes later, I checked the voicemail and I'm like, oh my God. So I show up and I can't, he, he's just meditating out front, like on lemon. I mean, not like out front, but on the balcony, shirtless, shoeless, like, hey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so, man. And he was like the first of many, but that was probably one of the funnier stories. Oh, yeah. I've been called several times when I was manager to someone who would forget that we had a spare key and be like, oh my gosh, Nicole, I'm so sorry. Can you help me? <laughs> Cause I lived pretty close to the studio. Uh, so I don't know. That was a good one. I like that one. Oh, and I have one that was not funny at the time, but is super funny now to reflect back on. But do you remember one Saturday morning I went in and the power was off and I like called you and I was like, oh. the power's off, but it's not off of the building, but it was off like in, in our suite. It was so, it was just weird. Um, but we have to keep the room hot. And so I was not opening any of the doors. I was trying to keep everything <laughs> shut tight. So I'm like walking through the studio and I'm holding my phone because I'm trying to call the um, electric provider. So I'm walking through and I'm looking up their phone number. And I'm just like plowing through going, you know, 90 to nothing. Cause that's how I go. And I slam into that pole. I'm so many, if you've ever taken my yoga class, you've at least heard that story. <laughs> I slammed into that pole head first. I don't even know how like how my head was in front of my foot, who knows, but I hit my head and I woke up on the floor a few minutes later and I still have like the biggest goose egg that never went away (laughs) from that pole. I don't see it though on you. Like, oh my gosh, you totally can. Oh my gosh. Right here. Oh, a little bit. Oh, it's happening. I'm going to show you a picture like pre goose egg. But it's for sure there. I know. Well, and what's crazy about that is that Katie, who became the manager after you, did the mm-hmm. same thing. <laughs> and so she'll die laughing when she hears this. And she, she like got like cut like this. I mean, it looks like she got into like a fight, you know, like I, I think it was like a right above her eyebrow. She had like this, this big cut. But oh my gosh. I mean, I'm going to send you the picture of it like right afterwards. Uh, we took a picture of it and like it, I, I've never seen, it was lit- like a cartoon. It was like those old cartoons when someone would hit their head and it shot out. I'll find the picture. Cause I'm sure I saved it. Cause I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh. oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, I was just looking at my notes. So two other things I wanted to mention, just backtracking on things I do differently, just cause I think these are helpful to, I don't know anyone really just why not? Mm-hmm. Um, one is to focus on competition less. And I know this goes against so, – so I struggle with this because as a marketer, we're taught to look at our competition and compare it to our competition. Like that's the way I've been trained. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny because Baron Baptiste, my teacher, in you know probably back in like 07 or something, I remember being at a training and he said, those of you owning a studio – stop paying attention to what else ever, what everybody else is doing, do your own thing and stay in that, you know, stay in that mindset because that's going to serve you the best. And I totally was like, no, that's not what you should do. So anytime I would get to a frustrated place, I would, and and it was always like when I wasn't feeling good, I would go and check out my competition and then I would just prove myself right that I wasn't good enough or whatever it was that I was, you know, whatever story I was telling myself. 
and it never felt good. And then even now kind of going into my new business, I started, someone said, well, you need to, you know, look at your competition and this and that. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I know generally what's happening right in the field. And I can look, I can look for some inspiration, but I'm, I'm going to just focus forward. So I think everyone can do, you know, maybe other people don't get so caught up in it like I did and it can still be helpful for them. But for me, it wasn't. And then the other thing is to focus more on what is going right and who is in the room and who is helping and all the, the positivity versus what's not. So I, again, I come from that more negative mindset where it's like I could be hosting a party and 19 people could be dancing and having fun. And I'm focused on the one person in the corner trying to, and I'm like, empathetic to why they're not feeling good. And then I don't enjoy myself. So it's, um, you know, and that can be hard when you manage people because there's always going to be people that aren't responding or a little bit more challenging or, uh, you know, a client that said something or, you know, reported the credit card charge to the credit card company. And it's like, but there's hundreds of other people that aren't doing that, that are lovely, you know? (laughs) Exactly. But that's, it's really easy to slip into that negative space, especially when you're working with people in this kind of environment, but to really focus on what's working and what's right. I feel like that just gives you just a, a more positive like track, like you can stay on that and celebrate those moments instead of just getting stuck on like that one guy who called and had a bad experience, you know? And I'm like, you're just having a bad day, dude, but it's okay. You know, like there's, there's more to the story with when you're working with people, there's just always more to the story. So it's best to just dive into that positive side of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you were my positive light all the time. And I, I know for me, like, I just have to surround myself with people who are positives that I, I can see that perspective, you know, and I do think sometimes, you know, my perspective, I call it reality based. I don't think it's all negative. It also serves me, right? Because sometimes if you're just too pie in the sky, then you, you're not, you know, you got to get your feet on the ground to run a business. So I, I just think it's, you know, hire people that, that um, are good at what you're not good at, right? <laughs> like balance everybody out so that you have strengths on all sides. For sure. That's, that's my marriage right there. <laughs> Cause Vic is the same way. He is. I like the reality base. He's reality based too. So <laughs> that's, um, I, I tend to operate on the higher positive fly and excited life. So we, we do need people who ground us. So it's definitely a balance. Yeah. We always joke that Vic and I could never get married. We would be nope. like, we'd be like depressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somewhat, there would probably be a knockdown drag out between you two. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true too. Yeah. I dated enough of those guys. I exactly. didn't work. But it's, it's good. Find the balance. That's what's good for, that's good for everything. Absolutely. Okay. Let's move to, let's talk about your like special moments. Tell me special yoga sport moments. Oh, well, I think the biggest one is that my husband proposed to me there. Oh, I didn't and- know. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. So not with anyone else. I mean, it wasn't like a public thing. And and actually the story is really cute because I was teaching the Sunday 4 p.m., which I had taught since day one. And he had this whole plan. And I I got home and it I was it was the year I was running my first teacher training. So I think it was like 2009, 2010. And we had this bin at the studio at the time where I don't even know. There was like folders or papers or something. And I was getting ready to leave and I picked up this one thing and it was an application for teacher training from a student that had never told me she was interested. And it was my first teacher training. So like any time somebody applied, it was like this massive deal, right? 
And so I was like, oh my gosh, Peg, she like, she's doing teacher training. I'm like, I go home. I'm like, we're going to Teppo, our favorite sushi place. I'm like, my treat, you know? And he's like, I really want to go to Eatsy's, which is like this, not even a real restaurant. It's like a little market. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm like super upset and offended. <laughs> so I'm getting home. I, I shower. I'm changing. I'm talking to my parents at the time they live in Chicago. And I, I'm, I'm putting on like cargo pants and like a tank top. And he's like, he's putting on like a nice shirt. And, he, and I'm like, mom, he's putting on, like, I think he put cologne on. What is going on? And I'm like, he's insisting on going to Eatsy's. It was just all very weird. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how she kept her mouth shut because she's, she's an Italian mom. And she knew because he had talked to my parents about it. So he somehow convinced me and I was really kind of pissed off, you know, to go. And then I knew something was up because I was like, why are we going to eat? See, it's like, that's, he just wanted to get over to the studio. And then he was like, oh, I need to drop off these thank you notes for your teachers that came to my birthday party. And I'm like, hmm. Hmm. okay, something's, something's hmm. weird here. <laughs> so anyway, he, um, he had right after I left, he had gone, he said he was like hiding you know, next door. And then he went up there and he's like, it was so hot. The class had just ended. (laughs) And he pulled back the curtains and he had like, we'd only been dating like nine months, but he had nine months of photos all along the mirror wall. And he had made this mix and it was just such a sweet little thing. Stop it, John Wagner. I didn't know that story. That is so cute. I know. And then he popped open a bottle of champagne and then he was like, okay, now we can go to (laughs) Teppo. Oh, what a sweet story. Yeah, I would like to see pictures of that because I've never seen this. Well, I don't think we had pictures. Stop it, nothing? Well, I don't know. I'd have to look. We do. I have two computers in what I call our computer graveyard right now that I don't know if they turn on, but we have photos on them that, you know, pre-everything being on your smartphone days. Mm-hmm. So we'll look. Maybe, maybe in the future when I have some downtime, I will... I will see if those are available. Oh, yeah, because I would love to see that. That'd be fun. But yeah, that was probably, <laughs> there may not have been smartphones then. <laughs> well, there were smartphones, but my first several, I think there wasn't enough storage like for you to keep it all, you know? like Yeah. It probably wasn't a very good camera anyway. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Yeah. No. So, and then I would say the other big moment was um, Baron Baptiste, my teacher, when he came and he taught at the studio, which was- That is so exciting. It was very cool. So we have some really great memories from that. And, and it was just, you know, he doesn't teach at local studios and it was long story behind it, but um, it was very, very neat and um, special. I'll never forget that. Mm, How fun. Okay. Let's see. Any more fun suggestions for our young female entrepreneurs. Yeah. Let's go specific, like young female entrepreneurs. Cause that'll be a lot of our audience. Um, let's talk about what would you directly suggest to them? I mean, I guess this could apply to anybody, but yeah, sure. Well, I know for me, I mean, I was, like I said, working in the fitness industry. I was a personal trainer teaching classes and I'm going around telling people like, I'm going to open my own yoga studio and everyone, I mean, honestly, like the looks I got and even this one woman, I will never forget this at the Y. And she, she, I really looked up to her. And I know that her intentions were not how they came out, but she was like, don't do it. She was like, the market is saturated, which is really funny because the market was like not even kind of saturated. I mean, it, at the time, it seemed like it was, right? And then this last year, there were, I mean, no, no comparison. But she said, you know, people are, are doing this left and right. And there was a big pocket of us that 
that started at the same time, like in the same kind of six month range. Uh, but yoga as studios was still kind of new back then. It wasn't like there was one on every block and there certainly weren't any big companies like Core Power and uh, names like that. And they weren't in the game yet. So anyway, she just told me not to do it. And I know she was coming from a really good place. And I know that sometimes your dreams sound insane. And I would say, what I would say is you don't want to just be like, I'm going to do this thing that's insane and, and have no plan and just go for it. Because then I think you can, you know, you, you have to be really careful, but, but also you kind of have to be fearless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you sort of have to have both. And had I been in the state that I was maybe in now as a parent and just more cautious and all those things, I don't know that I would have taken that crazy leap. And so, you know, really listen to what you want to do. And if you think you can do it and you have, um, at least the first few steps and you have some good people to help you along the way, then just doubt, you know, doubt the doubters. That's what I'd say. Oh, I like that. Doubt the doubters. Uh, there's another thing I like. Um, oh, now I can't think of where I read it at, but it was like, fill the fear and then do it anyway. Like whatever yeah. the fear is. Oh, that's gives that's me the chills. Girl, you just, you moved there. I know. Cause everyone says like with fear, you're, you know, like everyone's trying to not feel fear, but it really, it's like, Fear is going to be there regardless, and then you you just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Use it to empower you in some way. Yeah, and the other thing is to be really open and honest about owning your own business. You have to realize that because a lot of people talk about it being like you have all this freedom, and like I said, there's there's a lot of things that that can feel free for sure. Like depending on your job, you can may, maybe write your own schedule, or maybe like for me, I I. It, there was not a ton of freedom, right? Because mm-hmm. because at any given moment, there was going to be a call or a text or a something or, that was that was going on. The years where I had like you and some other managers full-time, that was a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you know, you're going to work harder than you would at any other job, but it will be worth it. So that's what For I'm sure. Thinking. Especially with you being open seven days a week. Hmm. Like you were open seven days a week. Like that's like, there's no, there was no weekend. (laughs) So when you come into that kind of business or if you're owning your own business, just know that's a possibility. (laughs) Yeah. And things like vacations and stuff. I mean, I could never really. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. The internet just got wonky. You know, we're out in the boonies. So sorry. I had to like, now I'm caught up. Go. (laughs) Yeah. No, no problem. Um, Yeah. Things like vacations and and maternity leaves and all that kind of stuff are very different when you own your own business. So, you know. Insurance. Insurance. Oh, don't even get me started, girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was one thing I said to my husband when when he asked me to, to marry him. I said, I do not need a lot. I just need you to provide health insurance. (laughs) Please. Yeah. And then I'll tell you, I mean, just not, I mean, this is not a political um, conversation at all, but I just want to make people aware because, you know, there's a lot of discussion about it now. If you've only had a corporate job, you probably really don't have any sense of the lack of health insurance that's available. And at the time, this was pre-Obamacare, I had to pay, and this was mm, 16 years ago. Okay. I had to pay $500 a month for my monthly premium. And I think my deduct, my deductible was thousands. It was literally just catastrophic insurance. And, and that was, I mean, back then that was a lot of money. And, um, there was not one plan that would cover maternity benefits for, for me. 
And then it was like, I had seen a doctor when I was 20 and got antidepressant medication. So I couldn't, they would never cover anything having to do with mental illness from then on, because it was a pre-existing condition. And then I had seen my orthopedic about a back thing. So anything having to do with my back was not covered. So when people talk about like pre-existing conditions and, you know, um, all the things just you know, I just, I really want to shine a light on that for people because before we had some of the laws we have in place, and even now I know it needs so much more work, but just know if you're in a corporate job and you just get insurance that the person that like owns your favorite local yoga studio or restaurant is probably not in that same boat, you know? And so it's just, it's just a great conversation to have to, to know. I just remember thinking like, so if I got pregnant, I literally couldn't get coverage. And they were like, yeah, well, insurance companies don't have to cover. So they don't unless it's in a corporate policy. I mean, it was maddening. So I was like, John, you must give me insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Before babies, there must be insurance. <laughs> must, you know. So anyway, that, I know that's kind of what. But again, this is real and raw, right? This is the real part of all the parts. Exactly. Of owning a business. This is the reality of it, guys. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, let's hear your most exciting moment of the studio. Ooh, okay. Um, so I don't know if I have one single. I've kind of shared some fun ones, but I, I think one of the ones that stood out the most to me was my ten, the ten year birthday, and that was the party we talked mm -hmm. about. It felt very. Like I felt very proud. I felt like, wow, 10 years is significant for a small business. Um, excuse me. I was pregnant with Luke. So we had, the birthday was May 15th and he was born on June 16th. So I was very pregnant. And a lot of my friends flew in from all over the country to be there, like with my college friends and other friends. So it was just like, it was almost like another mini wedding, you know? <laughs> It was. I remember your pink dress that you wore too. Like I can visualize it in my mind. I remember it. I mean, you were just like glowing one from being pregnant, but also just like so proud of this, your original baby, your original yoga sport baby. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm sorry, her, um, your voice is going in and out, but we're going to keep it raw because I don't have time to edit this. So. <laughs> Um, no, it's, oh, no. When I was cleaning out the closet, I came across <laughs> this box of these like decorations from that party. And I remember you saying like, oh no, we're not getting rid of these. These were expensive and these took forever to hang. And so that mm -hmm. was kind of fun and tough to throw away, but it was time. It was time. Oh man. <laughs> those paper, those paper things. Yes. Oh yeah. Those were huge too. They took up so much space. <laughs> I know. Oh. Sorry. My sound's wonky. The internet goes in and out, but I'm, I think I'm here. Okay. Oh, here. Um, Sorry, guys. This is what living in the boonies is like. <laughs> okay, let's flip gears and let's talk about your most terrifying moments. This is like the real, real stuff. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, so terrifying. So this maybe wasn't terrifying, but it was definitely scary. And, and Kelly reminded me of this today. I called her when we were reminiscing. And uh, so Whitney is one of, was in one of my first teacher training classes and she's actually become a friend. But um, in the middle of teacher training, which was a, it was a public class, we do this thing where we kind of like we're in down dog and then take a leg back and knee forward or I, oh, I know what it was. Okay. Now I remember. Anyway, it was just coming into half pigeon, but some people lift their back leg up first 
And I didn't call that. I just said, step your, ooh, I step your right foot forward or whatever. And the person right in front of her just, she, I mean, just lifted their leg and their heel went smash into her eye. Oh my gosh. She had the biggest black eye. Like it literally looked like she had been in a boxing fight. And I was so, like, as the owner, of course, I'm like, I, you don't know how someone's going to respond to that. And I mean, are they going to sue me? Are they going to this, you know, and she's hurt. And I mean, it was just like, my heart like just went through my chest and she's like a tough, tough cookie. So she was like, I'm fine. Just give me some ice, you know? But I mean, the next day she was in training all weekend. She had, of course, like probably had a migraine, but she, oh, I will have to see if she has any photos of that because man, whoo. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. And that is one reason why you don't do that. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I would definitely say there's this, there was a couple scenarios where like, you know, the whole fear of liability and people getting hurt was some tough, um, terrifying moments. I, uh, the, 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 ah, this is a tough one to talk about. <laughs> There's a couple things, but the one I'll share is when I was on maternity leave with Luke and my manager at the time, I had asked her before, before everything, you know, happened. I just said, can, can you please commit to staying? Because I need to know that I can take this time. And she said, yes. And five weeks in, she left. And it was so scary because, you know, like that business was no joke to run and it, it can't not have someone there running all the things. And, um, and your new mom, hello, new mom and anyone that's had a baby, I don't even have to tell you, but those of you that have never had a baby, I mean, those first three months are so incredibly challenging. And I was so sleep deprived. I couldn't even see straight. And next thing I knew, I had to not only like run the day to day, but interview and find someone new and then train. I was like, how in the world is this going to happen? So it was really, but again, it's really interesting how things work out. And, you know, that's when you stepped in and Mm -hmm. it was one of the absolute best highlights of this whole journey. So oh, thank you. No tears. girl. I'm telling you. (laughs) I I can't even I can't even imagine what that felt like being with a five week old baby and oh that's whew, that's tough but that's the reality of working with people that's just how that's how it goes and you just have to roll with it and you handled it beautifully and I came in and I got trained and we just took off running from there and it was amazing. <laughs> it was. And we, yes. It, it, and you know, like who knows, had it not happened that way, like you said, you probably would have gone back to school teaching and then you probably wouldn't have right, applied or whatever. Exactly. Because it was happened during the summertime. I was actually on vacation in Mexico when I got, when I saw the email or actually Vic saw the email. That's what's even funnier. Vic saw the email and he was like, Oh, uh, I think you need to go ahead and sign up for that. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if it had happened like a month later, I would have already been like preparing to go back in my classroom. And I, I definitely would not have applied because I wouldn't have bailed like that close to school. So yeah. So it, the way it happened was the way it had to happen. Yeah. But so scary. So, so scary. Mm. Okay. So let's keep going. What, what other like hard real moments do people starting new businesses need to be prepared for? And also this is neat for yoga sporters just to hear the, like the background of what goes on. 
Yeah. I mean, it is, it's one of those things where with a small business or any business, you really don't know what's behind the curtain. And I always said like, we do, that's good. Like, you know, I told the student the other day that's been with me a long time. I, I told her that we were closing because we, as of this podcast, haven't announced it officially yet. And she was like floored. She had no idea that, you know, even before COVID that I was struggling financially with the business. And, um, and I thought, well, good, I was doing my job then, right? Like mm-hmm. she was able to come in and be a student and see the joy and not feel, you know, what I was feeling, which is, which was really great. Um, yeah. So, so year three, I, when I started the business, I was dating, um, someone that's not my husband now. And it's just really one of those icky stories. I mean, it's fine now. It doesn't feel like it was even my life, but he helped me start the business. He owned his own business as well and worked from home and he had, he had some money. So he was really kind of financially supporting me while I started and he was at the studio every day. So everyone knew him. He checked everyone in. He practiced all the time like very integrated into the studio life. And um, we were engaged to be married in in Chicago. And about three months before the wedding, I came home one day and he just said, I can't do it. And I found out that he was a pathological liar and been lying to me. And he had an apartment up in Addison that he had already furnished. And the wedding was paid for. The hotels, like my bridesmaids had their dresses. I had my dress. The Oh my gosh. It was one of those things. And so not only was that obviously in and of itself life-changing moment, but then I had to like literally send to all of my people, I had to send like a bulk email that was like, Hey, this happened (laughs) because I couldn't, I mean, I had to tell them, right. Because they were all asking about the wedding and this, and they saw him every day. So that was really hard um, to make that announcement. You know, not only was I having this email everyone or send because we had already sent save the dates right so like there was just like a lot of layers to it but i remember sending the email and i remember writing this letter and telling people what happened and i just said people you know i've asked how can i help and i said there's a couple things you can do one is please don't mention it in the studio because i need to have a healing space and to keep coming because i'm on my own now (laughs) and i we weren't profitable yet so that was really really hard i remember every day just getting up and saying go teach your class. That's your job. And if, and there were a lot of days, that's all I could do is just get my butt up, go teach my classes, come back home and lay on the couch. And, um, I became really close with the girl at Jamba Juice because when I get really, really sad, I can't eat. And so I would just go to Jamba Juice every day, just eat a smoothie. That's all I would eat. And so like years later when John, it was so crazy. John and I were my husband now, John, um, we're closer to our house now, which is not near the studio or Jamba Juice. And I bumped into that girl, Kiara. And she was like at this little random place that we were just looking for a snack. So we like went in to get a little snack. We'd never even been there. And there she was. And she was like, oh my God. Oh, how wild. I know. So it's, it, you know, life is neat when you, when you really kind of look at it. But, um, I, of course, like, it's just one of those things that happens. And that a lot of people have that story. Like so many people connected to me saying like this happened. And, you know, of course it was obviously the best thing because it led me to, to John, but this business is so personal. Right. And so there's just so many layers that, that happened, that things that happened that you maybe 
maybe don't happen in the real world, you know, like, in, or in other jobs. <laughs> exactly. Like it's all intertwined is what's beautiful. It's all kind of connected on a much deeper level. And just the way you talk about it and you write about it. Oh, you should go back to, I don't know if those, are those blog posts still on the website. Cause the, when you were writing about those, those are some beautiful blog posts, like very relatable, very real. Like I don't know, I'll have to go back on the yoga sport blog because before I shut the website, or the blog down. I, I have to look and see if I put those over on. So my website now is AngelaWagner.com and there is a blog with all our podcasts and I'll go back and maybe I can put some of those up there. Oh yeah. Cause those are beautiful and just really like very relatable, especially like something that sounds like a lifetime movie. Like you just make it like very real, very, but yes, lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with that story becomes like, we almost closed, I, I say we like, but I almost closed in year three because of that. And you know, my dad said to me, do whatever you need to do, like use the rest, you know, cause I still had some money saved from what he initially gave to me because I'm a saver and I just want to make sure I can, you know, live and all that stuff. And so he said, just do everything that you want to do, like go out with a bang, but, but try everything first. And so I said, okay, fine. And I actually told my community, I said, look, I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm, I might need to close and they rallied around me like crazy. And then we were, we just had like the best, you know, run for a really long time. So. Yeah. And I think that is, Oh, I think my internet went out again. Sorry. Um, I think that is a testament to the community that you have created. Like the yoga sport is definitely not just within those four walls in that building. Like it is, so much bigger than that. And you can like, it's, it's the people, like that's what you've created and that feeling and that support. And so it's like, you're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like that yoga sport community is still alive and breathing. It's not just this like building, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So we're still here guys. We're (laughs) still here. Well, you and I podcast all the time. So if this is new to you guys, we've been podcasting since Nicole's manager. So go back and listen. But, um, there's some we'll, and we'll stuff. be back, you know, who knows with, with what's going on now with COVID, but we'll, you know, we'll be home a lot. So we'll, we'll start again. <laughs> let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. Uh, biggest regrets. Well, I think I kind of went Yeah, you kind of nailed those. that one. But yeah, I would say like, you know, the competition. Yeah, I think I kind of went over that. Yeah, we nailed that one. Okay. Yeah, let's do a fun one. We nailed it. We nailed it. We're good at that. <laughs> you should listen to the rest of the podcast. It's like this the whole time. You know? <laughs> okay. Uh, what are you most proud of? Oh, well, I'm definitely proud of what I said in the beginning, which is creating a space where everyone, truly everyone felt welcome. And we had people all different um, body types. We had a lot of men, which is unusual for yoga. We had um, different races, ethnicities, you know, African-American, Asian. We were right in um, the Oakland area of Dallas, which is um, LGBTQ area. So I felt like we really represented humanity and I loved that. I was super, I am super proud of that. And I feel like the community took on a life of its own, like someone new would come in and someone just one of the students would be like, Oh, Hey, you know, I mean, it was, it was a very friendly environment 
And of it, course I, you know, I just fostered that and then everyone took over. <laughs> yes, but it's beautiful. Like it's walking into a yoga studio or really like any kind of new fitness thing is scary. That first time you're like watching all these other people trying to like figure out the lay of the land. And like in the yoga sport world, you would just walk in and the person next to you would be like, Hey, you want me to get you a block? And I would, I mean, like just to watch it happen is just so that doesn't happen everywhere. Like that, it doesn't exist everywhere. So it's a beautiful community, a beautiful part of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when people moved away, it was always hard. And so many people through the years said, like, this is the main reason I don't want to leave Dallas. And that that always made me feel like I must be doing something right here. You know, I, I think the, the studio was a, a very um, home away from home for a lot of people. And um, now I'm going to cry because it's, oh, I, oh, talking about it mm, in the past is hard. Mm-hmm. Totally. But just like when we started everything going online, it was so neat to see all the people from like the beginning of yoga sport just be like, oh my gosh, I am so excited to have some Angela back in my life. Like it was so neat just to see them like so excited to come back to that yoga sport community now that we have this format where we're open to like I don't know, you just have this ability now to reach out to so many more people than we could just for within those four walls. And like, I don't even know, like how many people popped into your classes that you haven't seen in years? Yeah, that, that has been really neat. And then last year, it's, so I started, I'm, I'm a life coach and a health and wellness coach. And so I do, I've created over the years, a lot of different programs, as you know, Spark and Project Life and the Superwomen Project and all kinds of fun things. And that's one of my absolute favorite things to do is really help people beyond the yoga mat. And so I wanted to bring that to the online space because I thought, I knew that that was pretty easy, like like you could transfer that pretty easily online. Um, And one of my friends, Tom, who's in the online space, he's an online guru, I call him, kept saying, you know, you really need to do your yoga stuff online. And I was like, Tom, that's crazy. I want to do my coaching. I've been doing the yoga thing. I got my studio. I I don't need to. And he kept pushing me and he just kept pushing me. And he said, you need to put your training online. And I was like, that is crazy. I literally was like, like we were talking about the other day. And I remember calling you and you were like, oh my God, because you were helping someone else do an online training. Mm-hmm. I felt very conflicted about it because I felt like, how could I get, how could I really help people? Could they really learn online to become a yoga teacher? But he pushed me enough, something he said, and you said to start recording. So I recorded like the whole training. I went in there for like months. I got Christopher to come up from Austin. We just did, I mean, I planned out, I took my training that's successful and I made it online. And then I ran it with just a couple people and some alumni, got a girl in California and a girl in, you know, some people that would normally not be able to train. And I had some amazing breakthroughs and shifts, but I still wasn't like super sold on it yet. Right. Like I was like, I just spent six months creating this training and this and that. Um, Because one of my biggest goals, and you say like one of my most proud of is when people say you've changed my life, like you, because of, you know, and that, that to me, like is it's what makes me say I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, anyway, fast forward to COVID-19 and I, we were already struggling. So just to be super transparent, I did not take a paycheck for almost a whole year. And I was, but we were borrowing money from my parents to help supplement. And it was just really, really hard, really hard. A lot of other kind of icky stuff happened in the background. And I, 
and I was like, this online thing's not working. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I was, you know, you knew all, like you, we were getting the late night texts and you were talking me through it all. COVID-19 hit and all of a sudden overnight, everyone was online. And it was really kind of remarkable in the sense of like, I was able to get, you know, and every, all the studios were amazing at just getting everybody online, but I already had this, like the infrastructure for it, right? Like it was already happening to some extent. And I started getting inquiries about my online teacher training and I was like, oh, I don't even have the website updated, <laughs> you know? So I, I updated the website and then, and then I ended up getting all these people, people that had trained with me from 2007 that I haven't seen in years. I mean, Nicole Potter's living on a boat and she's doing teacher training and love her, you know, and what's really neat is almost all the people in the training wouldn't be able to do a regular training or like there was, there's one woman that she's in the middle of a training at her gym and they couldn't finish it. So now I see like this bigger picture and I obviously don't, I'm not someone who believes things happen for a reason because I'm just like, I can't wrap my brain around the fact that this pandemic is actually a good thing. But what I do think is that there's opportunity in every moment, right? And one of the things I needed more of in my life and I knew my health was telling me I needed more ease, I needed more simplicity. And I had this desire to still help people in some way. I just couldn't figure it out. And so it all kind of, it all kind of came together. But with all of that, you know, there's, whenever there's an ending, there's a new beginning. So. And that's beautiful. And we're in that process of that now. And I'm going to brag on you for a moment um, because, because I love you, but also because you're amazing and everyone should know that, um, that I want people to truly understand that the Angela magic, I talk about it often in the (laughs) podcast and I've talked about it um, in every teacher training that I've been a part of is that Angela truly, truly has this gift. And it's really hard to put into words until you see it. Like once you see it happen, you'll be like, Oh, I know exactly what Nicole was talking about, but she has the way of seeing this potential and this like deep rooted, like awesomeness inside of people. And she not only sees it, she won't even tell you about it, but she'll see it. And she somehow just makes it come alive. And once it's alive, like it just takes a life of its own and you will start doing and saying and being and all these things you didn't know you were even capable of. And Angela just has a way of like finding it, seeing it, holding your hand and then letting you just fly with it. And so that magic 100% translates into the online world. And so I want people to totally understand the magic she creates in every, every yoga class you've ever taught, every teacher training, like it's, it's you, it's not that building. So I want people to know that that yoga sport community, that Angela's way of being, it lives inside of you. And if you haven't seen that magic yet, you should sign up for a course because whoa, get ready. Oh my God. <laughs> Girl, you're going to make me cry. You are going to make inevitable. Cry. I'm getting dry mouth over here. <laughs> oh God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that comes with um, committing your career to one thing. And that's just that you, and I learned this really from a lot of people in my life, but certainly my family members and my brother being one of them, he's a musician, he's an opera conductor. And I saw from a young age, him commit to his music in a way that, you know, other kids are playing outside all the time. And I mean, he's the amount of work and focus he put into his craft and he continues to daily now um, is, is unbelievable. And Baron also said, you know, become a master of one thing, not, not to say like, don't do other things. I don't mean that, but, but I do, 
I do, you know, I learned from a lot of, of my mentors and heroes, so to speak, to really stay focused on and one thing that I'm good at. And so I think, you know, that's probably why, right? It's not actually magic. I don't know. Thank you. That's so cool. <laughs> I wish I had magic. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's, a, it's just a lot of years and a lot of, a lot of time with people and really listening and understanding what makes people people. So mm -hmm. I love it. And I'll tell you that whether you want to teach yoga or you want to join us, we just at, like overnight created an on-demand site where we have all these awesome classes and the, the staff started creating all these cool mini classes and full classes and all these things. So people can kind of just practice on their own. And, and then we're going to do some pop-up live streams. So we're, we're not going anywhere really, but um, you know, whatever it is, just like try something on because and it might not be with us. It might be with somebody else, but there's so many people that have gone through the doors of yoga sport or training or whatever it is, whether I ran it or someone else. So many people said like, this changed my life. And you just never know, right? It's like, if, if this pandemic has taught me anything, it's like, get clear, right? Get clear and focus on what matters. Cause I mean, literally overnight our world changed and I don't think it's going back anytime soon, you know? <laughs> Yeah. No, I like that. I think it also is don't waste your time. Like, yeah. Like if you, if you have an interest in something, if you're excited about something like dive in, dive in deep and don't, don't waste a moment. Like, I mean, obviously do your due diligence and stuff, like all the responsible adulty things you're supposed to say, but you know, like also like go for it. If you're interested, go. Yeah. And you, and you know, I'm such a planner, so I get the whole like wanting to know what I'm going to be doing with whatever thing I'm signing up for, or what's my plan for the next 10 years. And I've learned that, man, I could plan the best freaking plan ever. And it just never turns out that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's sometimes I think, you know, your heart, your mind, the universe, whatever you want to say is like leads you in a direction. And if it's leading you there, listen to that and then, and then see what happens. I mean, there's so many things that I, I've experienced in life that I think, well, I learned something so profound. If I got that one thing out of, you know, this event, this class, this experience, then it was certainly worth my time. For sure. And like going and knowing that not everything is this beautiful, easy, magical journey, but like letting it unfold and then just taking away what you need to take away from it. Like just, there's always something there. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was definitely processing that a lot this week as I was I keep saying tearing down the studio, but that's literally what we were doing. I mean, bookshelves were falling apart as we're taking stuff. And John's like, all right. He grabs this hammer and he's like, do you want to get your frustrations out? And I was like, so bone tired. I was like, I literally can't even move. I'm so tired. Um, but, you know, just processing what the last 16 years have been and not... I don't know. I, was, I, I kept like hanging on to photos and the, we have canvases everywhere of all the different people and the things and the teacher photos and this. And, and he, by the, by the third day, he was like, just close your eyes and hand them to me. And I was like, okay. Oh yeah. Tell us, tell us about that part. Like what, what did tearing it down, like bring up for you? Oh, like girl. the good, the ugly. Yeah. Let's hear it. Cause that's, I think a lot of people are super connected to that wood floor to, you know, to those those walls, that heavy curtain, like <laughs> tell us all the, cause there's fun stuff in there too. But like, I think it's kind of like a way for us all to say goodbye to it, but in a, like getting closure, but with a positive way, you know? 
Yeah. Well, one thing that's so funny and absolutely disgusting, because you, I mean, most people that go there knew that I was like, I mean, I kept that, we kept that place clean, right? It was a big deal to me, mm-hmm. but we never, ever cleaned the curtains and we never, they never moved, but you know, I should know this from my toxins course, how much dust collects. <laughs> John went to go take them down and literally he went and grabbed his COVID mask and put it on. He was like, <laughs> oh God, he couldn't even take them down. There was so much dust. And I was like, oh, we never shook them out. We never, they were, they were silk. So but I guess I know I would have never paid to have them clean. I don't know. I just was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You guys have been having you breathe in this space and everyone probably got sick. <laughs> oh my God. And they were so heavy. So heavy. Yeah. So those went in the dumpster, but we put a lot of stuff in the dumpster that we were like, are we supposed to? And there's still like the whole Zen Den, which is like the changing area cubbies is just all donations because no donation places are open right now. Mm. So, um, and then we have all the furniture and I just signed up. So in two weeks, Habitat for Humanity is going to come out, but they won't take the reception desk. I'm like, does anyone want a reception desk? Like, what do you do with a reception desk? Yeah. That thing's huge. It's huge. So I'm going to just be like, if I give you an extra 20 bucks, will you take this thing? I mean, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but, but no, um, taking it down was really hard, really hard, harder than I thought it was going to be because over the last six weeks, I mean, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. The day that, that the city said gyms had to close, we were, I was at the studio. There was a five o'clock and a six fifteen class. I wasn't teaching. I was, we were getting the virtual setup um, to try to live stream because things were already starting to shut down and things were getting weird fast. Right. And so, um, right in between class, I got like, you know, six texts from different people. Gyms have to shut down tomorrow. And I was like, I just started crying because I, I knew in that moment. I, and I said, I don't think we're coming back. And, you know, um, I met with my teachers the next day and we closed everything down and I told them, and I said, I, I don't know that we're going to reopen. And they, they said, please don't, make a decision yet. They knew things had been tough um, financially. They knew, I mean, they saw their classes weren't, you know, the market had got the last year and a half, the market went insane. There was, and it wasn't just yoga, right? It was like every style of fitness had a boutique location. And I think, I think somebody said there were 25 within a five mile radius of where we were. And then you had class pass and you just had all these other things. I won't get into all the whys, but, um, so anyway, I just kind of thought, you know, and, and no one knew, right? Everyone was like, we're shutting down for two weeks and then this thing will go away, right? We didn't really know. So they said, please, let's go online. Let's get virtual. Let's figure this out one day at a time. We all need each other. The community needs us. So I said, okay. So I really have to credit the staff because they pushed me. They pushed me to just keep going. And it's, you know, it was still the, the same end, but not really. Like we were able to service and support and connect with our community in the darkest time that we've ever had. And so I, I'm really grateful. I'm so grateful for the, for the staff for doing that. And, um, and I'm hoping that that means that, you know, now people are, are really open. I, I never liked home practice. I will tell you never. I never, and I mean, I, I created two professional DVDs. I hated DVDs. Like I was like, that is not my thing. But I don't feel comfortable. Like I said, I w- even if I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't open right now because, or in two weeks when we're supposed to be opening, because I don't feel, I don't feel it's the time. I don't feel safe. I don't want to have my staff maybe contracting it or students or whatever. Like that's just not what I want the space. I don't want to be concerned in that way. And so, you know, I'm really kind of embracing this newness and, and it's been amazing to connect with people online and 
Anyway, I could talk forever, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know, you know, and it's been uh, the hardest part about tearing it down is that it felt very lonely, even though, thank God, my husband was right there with me. But everyone feels lonely right now in, in the COVID space, right? That's just what it's done. It's isolated us quite literally. And so to, to know that I was shutting down and to tear it down and to not be able to process that with staff. I mean, we had Zoom calls and stuff, but it was, it was tough. Yeah. Especially, and that's not how we normally roll the yoga sport no. way. <laughs> it's usually a team affair on all things. So doing it oh, alone. Yeah. I know. Well, sure. Kelly was like, oh my gosh, you have to promise me that we are still going to like hang and talk and I'm going to help you with videos and this has to be a regular thing. And I was like, yes, girl, you know me, I can't isolate for very long. So, so it's kind of morphed into something beautiful. And I think, you know, some of, a lot of the staff is still going to continue on and doing uh, content for the on-demand site. And we're going to do pop-ups so you can see people. Um, the teacher trainers are going to come out of it and, and they'll probably start teaching. So who knows what the future holds, but I think I think for those that want to do a home practice, it's a whole new world, you know, and it doesn't have to be, Again, going back to the competition, like, yes, Peloton and Aliogo and all these big companies do the most pristine, amazing on-demand sites for cheaper, but there's a reason that you weren't going to that type of yoga studio in the first place, right? So there's something for everyone. There is. And if you're looking for, for community, like if that's what you're wanting, like, here we are. Here we are, girl. Yeah. Here so I'm excited. So we'll definitely bring back the sparks and the and the all the programs that we love and do them online. And I mean, gosh, it weren't for the internet. I don't know. You and I have been so connected and we rarely ever get to see each other. Exactly. But we talk all the time. So thank you, technology. <laughs> thank you, Zoom. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's the story, y'all. I mean, that is the story. So tell us more about like, where are we going? Like what's, what, how can I find you? I need more Angela in my life. Oh, tell me more. Oh my gosh. So AngelaWagner.com. I had to spend a little extra cash to get that because some, some sweet special person was holding on to that URL. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they always? Gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. Uh, my friend's like, you have to get it. And I'm like, ah, anyway, I, I did that a couple of years ago, but um, so yes, yeah, so all this stuff is up there. We have the yoga sport on demand site and you can sign up um, either just a monthly subscription or you can do annual and you get like an additional two months free. Um, there's the online teacher training. We just started a class and I, you know, it's, I still, like I said, I haven't announced the community yet. So once we get all of this wrapped up, I'll, I'll hopefully set up another session for that. And then, um, and then we'll just see, you know, my, my kids are young. Luke is about to turn six. So we just turned four. We had a birthday party in quarantine. We had our 10 year anniversary, John and I in quarantine, <laughs> um, we're about to have Luke's. So I'm going to keep them home. I, I've never, ever wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm suddenly going to be a stay-at-home mom at least till the fall. So um, I'm excited about slowing down a lot. You know, Good for like, you. Still being able to serve and do what I love. But um, I, you know, I, I need to slow down. <laughs> you do. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful way to look at it as it's just a shift. Like – Everything, not that everything's the same, like everything's different, but the same all at the same time. But like, it's just a, it's a shift. You're shifting into a new way of life, a new role, a new everything, but like, you're still there. So when we need you, you're still there. What about on social? How, how is that changing? Where can we find you? 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping to consolidate everything. I mean, we'll keep the Yoga Sport Dallas site up and just link it to mine. Um, but it, with my ease and simplicity, everything will be under Angela Wagner. So the Angela Wagner is my Instagram handle. And then the Angela Wagner is um, my Facebook since my um, married name Wagner is very common. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I'm the Angela Wagner, which sounds like incredibly egotistical, but you know, it works and it's easy to remember. No, um, I love it. I think it's funny. <laughs> I like when you say it to you like the Angela Wagner. <laughs> well, and what's kind of neat is that this on-demand site came out of COVID and it wasn't planned. I was planning on eventually transitioning to online, but not in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's neat because we renamed it and Sarah, one of my teachers is a designer and Christopher, they, they helped kind of recreate the logo. And so we, there's still this beautiful the, the community and idea and, and the branding of yoga sport. So I love that because it's not just all about me because, you know, I mean, yeah. it's not, it's a community. Yeah. And now it's an even bigger community, which is even cooler. And now we have more access to everyone. Like it's not just if you live close to Uptown Dallas now. So that's even more beautiful. So all the people from, you know, 16 years ago, yoga sport can join back in. So I think that's, that's going to be a beautiful experience. Yeah. It, that is, that is a pretty wild and neat part of online, right? It's just that connection of everyone. It's like, Whoa. I, the, the thing that, that really embodies that the most for me is, is Nicole, one of, not you, Nicole, this other Nicole in my training that's literally living on a boat. I mean, and we watch her flow and she's sitting on her deck and there, she's, there's an ocean behind her. And I'm like, what a cool world. I mean, I remember when she came to the studio and she lived in Dallas and she said she was moving. I was so sad. I just never thought I'd see her again. And now here She's doing teacher training with us, you know? From her boat, guys. From her boat, like, y'all. Like, wrap your mind around that. Like, that is so cool. Like, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been a possibility for her and for so many other people. It just was never scheduling. was just not an option to make it work. And so it's just so neat to see it grow on such a big scale. I love it. Yeah, and I think another thing that this has taught me, at least, and a lot of people I've talked to, is that you know, it's forced us to pause and it's forced us to really look at what's going on. And we talk about that all the time in yoga, but yet a lot of us are still running rampant, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was just the way that our world worked. And so it's like, we couldn't have any school activities for the kids and we couldn't have, you know, these 10 hour teacher training days and, you know, all the different things that, that make up everything. Like John was completely wiped out from work. And we were all just like, fried when this started. And it really, I mean, I haven't stopped working because I was like pivoting the business and this and that. But as we start to wind this down and I start to see kind of, you know, I don't want to say a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you know me, it's like, I have to, I, I want to honor that this is a really tough time, right? It's not like, oh, life mm-hmm. is just grand. But, but I also want to take away that, you know, there's some positivity in the idea that we all just slow down and really cherish our time. So, not taking an extra hour to transition to and from different places. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of benefits to it too. So. Yeah. Like I, I love the way you said it about being a pause. It's literally like letting the rush go. Cause I think a lot, especially type a people, we kind of like the rush, like we dig yeah. it, you know, but like at the same time we're exhausted by it and we're like, we want to get away from it. But on the other side, like I'm like drawn to it, to the schedule, to be efficient and, like, I think this has honestly forced it to happen, but so many new ways of being have come from it. So it's kind of nice to see just a slowdown and 
allow a little more creative space. So I can't wait to see what you come up with next because the moment you slow down is when all those creative juices are going to be flowing. So guys, get ready. There's about to be some fun Angela Wagner programs coming out. I can feel it. Well, you just, before we wrap, you just made me think of our next podcast. So when Nicole left the studio, I mean, she was running 8,000 miles an hour like I was working crazy. I mean, we were like hitting it hard. We were achieving everything, right, girl? And That was mind-blowing. And, and then you had Fiona and you moved out to the boonies and all of a sudden you were like country girl. You had, I don't want to say no connection to people, but it was, it was, it was funny because when, when all this quarantine stuff happened, I remember texting you and saying, this this is so like this sort of isolation and the way we're living right now is so similar to the way that you live, that mm -hmm. you've been living and you love it. So help me out here. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I'd love for you, maybe we can do a podcast soon for you to share like how you transition because I think, yes, some people are going to go back to normal life, but I think a lot of people are slowing down and we're going to be working from home. And I, I think it's going to look different for a lot of people. And we could all use some suggestions of how did you transition from that intensity to mm -hmm. where you are now and you would never trade it, right? You said you'd never trade it. You'd never go back. No, mm -mm, I wouldn't even, yeah, there's, there's no way I would go back, even though I can say with 100% honesty, I loved it, <laughs> that I was totally in it and I, it was my favorite job, like everything I was in. I loved every second of it, but now being on the other side of having time and the things that come from that, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't going to go back. I like the space, which is so weird to say, <laughs> like five years ago, me would not have said that, but now it is just, it can be good if that's what you want. It can be. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, so there you guys have it. That's our next podcast. And well, we don't know when we, we were on a hiatus, we, but again, like who knows well, there's no planning. Like Nicole and I used to have a schedule and this is what we were doing. And this was podcasting every single week. And now we're like, we don't know. We'll figure it out. It'll happen. And that's, what's beautiful about this is we always figure it out and it's always amazing when we do it. And it just, it just, we just were rolling with it, which is so funny for both of us to be saying that. <laughs> I know. So if you guys, um, you know, connected with this and you have any questions about anything we talked about or you have things that you want to know more about, whether it's about anything we talked about or if you've been a Spark listener before, please let us know. Angela at AngelaWagner.com is my email and check out the website. All the past episodes are on there and it's, it's kind of fun to see the evolution of of just life, right? Yeah. And stay tuned because more awesome stuff is coming and it's been a beautiful journey. I love, love yoga sport and the yoga sport community and everything you have created. And I am incredibly grateful for you and the community. And I know everybody else is singing that same song right now. So I want to honor you and I'm giving you a slow clap. <laughs> uh, I am just, I'm so proud of being a part of this whole journey. Like it's just been it's amazing. Like what you have created is amazing. And I want you to honor that and process it and feel all the hard and ugly, but at the same time, celebrate all the beautiful and awesome that you created and all the amazing things that are coming and know that your community is still here. And I can't wait to see what's next. Oh, thank you. That really, really does mean a lot. I, um, if you guys could see me, like I look worn and <laughs> It's been a tough week, but I think, I really think that once we're through this and it's announced and we're moving forward and I really, like, I 
I, this came to me the other night at like 11 o'clock and I texted Nicole because I just could, I was writing the letter, trying to write the letter in my head to tell the community we're closing and I just couldn't, couldn't get it out. And I was like, I need more. I need to process. I need to share. Like, that's what we do at Yoga Sport. We share, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So this really is, is part of me working through some of the grief and what I'm processing. And um, I know a lot of the staff is going through the same thing and I'm sure students will as well. So I hope that this helps you all. And I have been um, one of our students who has always promised that if we ever wanted to have another party at his house, we texted today and I said, well, when it is appropriate, we will we'll have to have a bash. So hopefully yes, sooner please. rather than later. Yeah, we'll all come together. <laughs> yes, please. So, well, we're not going to put any cool spark music in here because I'm going to create space and ease and not worry about this being edited. Um, Good. Maybe in the future we'll go back to doing that, but um, we're just going to put this out raw and real. Thank you, Nicole, for doing it. Oh my gosh, thank you. And thank you, Yoga Sport community. Yay. And this is Till Next Time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Yay.